Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 82 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Pauper Commander format. This week, we're talking remixed, remastered with a returning guest. Uh, but first, I am your host, Brad Drack V, and Dave is actually off for the evening. He joined us a little bit on the pre show, but not for the main episode. So let's see what my singular co host from the East Coast is up to tonight. Liam, the resident PDH PhD, how you been? Whew, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> I have been okay. Just say yeah. okay. How's school treating you? Oh, terribly. Uh, we yeah. took took a field trip today. It was okay. It was only for part of the day. It was in the middle of the day too. Like I had, oh, like that's... I had my first two periods, okay. and then I had a field trip that was the length of three periods, and then. I had my last two, and it was it was an experience that I hope to never have to repeat again. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah. Because of having to go there with class, or was the place itself just not worth it? It was having to go there in the middle of the day. Even the children oh. were like, why are we taking a partial day field trip? Yeah, that does feel yeah. a little awkward. I mean, I guess the good news is I didn't really have to plan anything. I was just handed a, a, a roster and a group of children and, and you had to make sure the head counts matched at the end I, of the basically, day. Basically. Yeah, it was, it was good. <laughs> yep. It was easy, I suppose. But yeah, no, um, it's been going all right. Uh, the, the term is ending in, well now. Uh, so some yeah. kids are okay. ecstatic, uh, cause they get a five day weekend this weekend and some kids sure. yeah, are yeah. Not ecstatic because they have a five day weekend and several failing grades. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's going great. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I'm awesome. going to sleep like you know, like the dead. Basically. You're not failing any I'm, classes, so I'm not failing any classes. Just children. <laughs> <laughs> just the children are. Oh, so all in all, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Well. As I sort of mentioned earlier, we brought on a very special returning guest this week, uh, Liam. Give me a round of applause, or however you want to help me welcome the most handsome tryhard in the Popper Commander community, Clay. Welcome back to the show. Sweet. How have you been, buddy? I was going to say, donde estas el baño? You know. <laughs> Sorry. I was like I was some stranger walking by. No, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, it's, I forgot how interesting this is being that we've already talked for like an, uh, an hour and a half and then we're like starting to talk again. But yeah. I'm doing great. Yep. <laughs> maybe reintroductions for the Maybe night. I should have kicked him out. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, all indications point to yes. Hmm. Yes. Yes. That's what the eight ball says. I'm, I'm a little confused though, Brad. You introduced him as a tryhard. Mm. What's, what's, what's a tryhard? Yeah. See back in the before times kids. Uh, Before times. Oh, uh, that actually reminds me. Uh, in last week's episode, <laughs> uh, which everybody should go listen to if they haven't listened to already, because, you know, what are you doing? Dave actually gave a really uh, hearty synopsis of uh, the origins of, like, the the transition away from uh, the German meta X, XYZ, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the Tryhards mm -hmm. actually was around 
prior to uh, the whole CPDH thing. I It was actually a server started between myself and my local friend group, and we focused on CEDH. And I was a CEDH content creator before making the transition over. So that's the old try-hard lore. Sorry, I, I know it. Well, there you go. I don't think I knew that. The rest is the rest is history. Yeah, we had uh I think a year, 14 months worth of uh CEDH content like solely focused on that and then CPDH was just a project that I started picking up myself and mm -hmm. uh the other tryhards at the time uh there was there was four of us the other tryhards were still engaging in the uh CEDH community and then as their lives changed and they fell off uh, it just became my own venture. So, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, and you sort of ran with it for a while. It was nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was nice for somebody. <laughs> 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 no, it was uh, it was one of those things that, uh, and we, we'll talk about this more later, I'm sure. But uh, 2023 was like a uh, a big year of uh, not self discovery, but you know, I guess rediscovering is still discovery. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, just kind of like inward uh, focus, having a conversation with myself, and uh, kind of realizing, okay, what do I want? You know, out of this venture, what is this venture? You know, this venture being uh, CPDH. What is this need? Uh, how can I support that? You know, et cetera, et cetera. So, sure. Yeah, that sounds good. We're definitely getting into some of that. But before we get to those main topics, we got to do a little bit of housekeeping as usual. Uh, if you like the show, you like what we're doing here, consider supporting us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash the PDH pod. Uh, new patron shout out to Caden. Join the Discord server, I believe this morning, yesterday morning, sometime this week. <laughs> I'm really bad with time lately. Uh, welcome to the PDH pod family, Caden. Thank you for your support. Uh, by being a patron, just like Caden, you get access to the pre-show, like Clay mentioned a second ago go uh this week we did like an hour and 20 minutes worth of pre-show it's basically like an additional episode every week we just sort of sit around and chat magic chat about life chat about whatever whatever comes up generally it's always a good time uh, you also get early access to the episodes before they go live i post those right on patreon for you along with the show notes assuming the patron or patreon is going to work with the google links uh, nice and friendly but it has not been lately uh, finally you get access to the pdh pod discord server i mentioned that you can chat with us chat with uh, get help with your decks and all that kind of good stuff chat previews spoilers uh, miscellaneous stuff whatever comes up it's usually in there um Somebody's usually in there chatting 24 hours a day. We got people all over the world in the uh, PDH pod family in the Discord there. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. And then where am I at here? It's this well worth the money. Go do it. Yeah, Clay. Clay is a pa Clay was like one of the OG patrons. He's been around forever. Oh, yeah. So we appreciate that. Yeah, do the, yeah. Do the and dang thing. Do the dang thing. Click the buttons and do all the dang stuff. And we just added this last week, but I'll put it here, too. If you want to leave us a little voice message, a listener question, comments, complaints, whatever, you have about 90 seconds to do that over on speakpipe.com slash the PDH pod. It'll let you record right from your phone, right from your external microphone. You don't need an account or anything. Just follow that link, and it'll take you right there. You can leave us a comment. Maybe we'll play it on the show, answer your questions, that sort of thing. And then lastly, you can check out our YouTube and Twitch channels where the PDH pod on both of those platforms. And the latter is where I stream Spell Table Popper Commander every Saturday evening about mm, roughly 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. So come on over and say hi in the chat there. Uh, Liam, what do we got for This Week in Magic? This Week in Magic is actually pretty chill. 
no, no, nothing really big happened. Well, actually, hold on. Was the AI art thing this week? Or was that last week? Yeah, it was this week. I think it was this like week. Three, yeah. three days nothing, ago. Nothing big happened except for the <laughs> AI art thing. Uh, except for the community freaking out. Uh, dude, I don't even want to talk about it, honestly. Magic right. players be magic playering is, is basically what I have to say about that. <laughs> the other more important thing that happened this week is the Motors at Murkov Manor story, the web fiction, has begun to drop. At the time of recording, we have four episodes out of, uh, I don't know, ten maybe? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, they end when they end. But, yeah. <laughs> but the important thing is that there are no story spoilers right now. You will have story spoilers in approximately four weeks when we talk about Motors of Karloff Manor. Or if you go read the story now. I'm not going to spoil that now for you. All I can say yeah, is go that... Go read the story and then come back to us and we'll talk about the cards. Right, exactly. Uh, but all I can, all, all I will say is that the story is making Brad very sad. Hmm. It's super sad so far. Like I almost couldn't get out of bed today. Or are you uh, just kind of taking the temperature of the room... Uh, are you excited for that that uh, that game that that game board feel thing that they've been projecting, like the the mystery and the clues? And are I, you excited about that concept? There isn't enough no. details for me to be excited. Fair. I am generally not a uh, for the most part. I'm not a true crime, murder, mystery type of person. Mm. If if it so, like I love the movie Clue. And I've played it, mm. but that's about as far as it goes. If it turns out more like the board games of Plane Chase and The Island, I will be all for it. If it mm. turns out more like it's actually just the board game Clue, but instead of taking board game Clue game actions, you play a game of Magic, I'm going to be very <laughs> upset. Right. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. I have to wait and see what the box looks like and what the rules say but the fact that like each box comes with you know a guaranteed shockland and xyz packs and da 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 i'm just like okay this is looking more and more like the board game clue mm. but with but, but we need you to buy it so here's some shockland. but with but with <laughs> magic game actions instead of clue game actions and i'm yes i'm not really feeling that mm. <laughs> so no I'm digging the aesthetic so far. That's really cool. Yeah. I like the whole. I like the concept of it. It's just me personally. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of that. That trope or that um, style of storytelling. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah. So. see, kids. If here's the message for you, you kids out there in the internets, uh, and you can get a deeper dive of this in the in the pre-show. Pay that money. Um, mm-hmm, if if you concern yourself with anything other than what's in the text box. Uh, then you set yourself up for getting heartbroken. For just failure. Mm-hmm. I know. I should never even have looked at that yeah. picture. Uh, yeah, and reminder text is always good. Right, right, Liam? No, no, no. Let him listen to the pre-show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what? Sign up, listen to the pre-show. You'll hear opinions on all that stuff. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> well, I, that pretty much puts a wrap on This Week in Magic. Thank you for that. Let's get to the main topic. Uh, Ravnica Remastered releases, like, real soon, right? Like, limited events, uh, sealed, all that sort of stuff is happening this weekend, mm-hmm. this coming weekend. Is that correct? I saw that um, North Dakota, their shop had it 
this past weekend. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know they were out that soon. Yeah, I was I was going to say yes, confirmed this weekend, but I think I do recall, yeah, Paradox, if anybody's listening, uh, is the name of the, lo- well, one of the two local game stores uh, that does the stuff. Yeah, they had, yeah, because I received a text, like, hey, come mm-hmm. join us for this event. And I'm like, bro, you don't know me, do you? sorry the global release is this friday the Mm -hmm. early release for like premium game stores was this past Mm. friday Mm, that makes sense that's right because they've been doing that in the last year is giving the uh the The premium premium stores get like a week early yeah 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 i don't know that i have a premium store nearby it's premium in my heart not as far as watsi's concerned i have one an hour and a half away but I'm going to be real when I say that the play <laughs> environment's kind of toxic mm. because it's uh... – it's the store is a tournament grinder store. Mm. So oh, yep. you, say no more. So you yep. have three cities worth of modern players, legacy players, and CEDH players. Mm. Imagine Blood. pre-releasing in that environment. A lot of bro – type stuff yeah so yeah uh, it, just imagine pre-releasing in that environment and then understand that i prefer to go to the pre-release at the store that you know yeah i might have to pay 40 dollars, but i'm also getting you know six packs with a prize support and there's 10 people there like so do you guys know what <laughs> do you guys know what play environment is not you know alpha chat or anything like that here i I have the answer for you. It's the uh, LFG, LFG channel in the PDH Pod Discord, which is available to you if you subscribe to their Patreon. Sorry, I had to. You are damn right about that. I just had to. We have an <laughs> LFG channel. Yeah. Where did that get set up? Yeah. Fairly recently, we got some voice channels in there. Games are always firing off. Absolutely. Actually, uh, a handful of uh, patrons and folks have set up regular events, regular uh, Tuesday play. I, f- I feel like awesome. I feel like I saw like a new role got made. Mm. Is it Dave's Podlings? Yeah, mm. it is. Dave created the Podlings for those that want to uh, be a Podling and play mm. games and get in the LFG channel. Yeah, some history around uh, that concept. Maybe not exactly the same name, but definitely the concept has been around for a few years. Yeah, definitely. I just don't know if I should be offended that brad got the podling role and i didn't Ooh, i feel like i feel like there's i hate it when mommy and daddy fight (laughs) i think honestly i think i may have given it to myself oh (laughs) i think it to myself right now yeah yeah i was about to say you you don't have the opportunity problem solved yeah i do yeah okay i'm also going to become a bot oh (laughs) yep you should perfect that's Entering your bot arc. That's the perfect uh, segue into some of these awesome uh, return ra- or oh, Ravna, not return Ravnica not remastered releases. Yeah, we got some uh, cards getting in our hands this weekend, and as we are con- contractually obligated to talk about cards, new cards, well, at least printing of cards we're familiar with, we have asked Clay <laughs> to come on the show to talk about uh, the handful of new downshifts we got Woo-hoo. for Pauper Commander, and I'll leave it up to Clay if you want to start off with the new commons yeah. or new commanders. Let's do, uh, let's do the, because uh, uh, there's there's eight commons uh, that are yeah, that's right. new rarity. <laughs> uh, there's... 
I don't know. There's one that I'm somewhat uh, excited for for nostalgic reasons, and the other one, mm-hmm. mechanically, I'm excited for. Actually, I suppose there's a third one, but like, okay. So let's. So the nostalgia runs deep for uh, Boros Elite. Sure. Because yep. I I played in that standard. Everybody I don't know who's got an inkling of aggro in their body loves battalion i mean this is it right yeah, yeah exactly yeah and, and not that there's a, a tremendous amount of support for battalion in popper commander but like from a white weenie perspective you know you know putting down it's not hard to turn on at all exactly so it's like you know my 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 heart pitter patters uh ever so <laughs> slightly more for boros elite sure and it sounds yeah, like yeah, yeah and it sounds like brad you've got the same affinity so I do. I do love it quite a bit. I didn't get to play in this standard that was during one of my breaks from the game, but Battalion is one of my favorite mechanics. It's so aggressive. It's so just perfectly Boros. I love it. Mm. And now that this is downshifted, like, because I've looked at this card before, is like, could this be a commander? Uh, you know, I don't want to go through the trouble. Mm. But now now that it's common, it's going to go in like most of my white decks or my white X decks, and it's going to definitely go into the Popper Cube. So I am super excited about that. Mm-hmm. Liam. Do you have any commons you're super excited about? I we'll kind of go around. I know you said you got a couple of them, Clay. Yeah, uh, I am first of all excited for the battalion downshift. So this is uh, Boros Elite. It is a single mana, uh, single white mana for a one-one human soldier has battalion. So when the Boros Elite and at least two other creatures attack, the Boros Elite gets plus two plus two. Uh, so this is just a one mana three three. Uh, yes. This thing is amazing. Yep. Because uh, you're not putting it in a deck if it's not going to be a three-three. Right. I mean, you're not. You're not putting it, it in a deck unless you're triggering battalion. And yep. this is typically going to go in a you know in, in a Boros deck, hence the Boros watermark and the battalion mechanic, where right. you know you drop a turn one hasty goblin thing that swings in for one. Turn two, you drop another haste in a Boros elite, and turn three is swinging for probably like five or seven on top of the three to five you've already marked. Sure. I mean, Boros is Bo- Bo- Boros is just the best Ravnica guild. So mm, this is probably <laughs> the one I'm most excited for. Another one I'm really excited for is Judges Familiar. Mm. Finally, yeah, some more onboard shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Onboard shenanigans. Another good cube card, and then yeah. obviously it's a bird, so it's going to my Bant Birds deck. Uh, I think I think one of the things I'm most excited about Judges from Rio finally being a common is uh, this might become my new mascot, being oh. being my familiar. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, look at that! That I'm, is amazing. I'm, I think you have to. Yeah, now. I like like I've I've thought about it being an uncommon, being like okay, like haha, it's it's like the commander, but I'm like, but no, this is a terrible commander. It needs to be in the ninety nine. Right. Uh, yes, one hundred percent. Finally, in the ninety nine. So uh, yep. here we go. Yeah, and I didn't think to do with uh, when Brad and I were talking about Boris Elite. The uh, you know, judges familiar is a one mana hybrid Azorius, uh, one flying. one bird with flying. <laughs> yes, you can sacrifice it to counter an instant or sorcery spell, unless so, it's control pays one. <laughs> so the pace of CPDH at the moment. Uh, so tempo is something that's really uh, a big concept that people know about, but they're not leveraging it in 
the right oh so that's that's a little salacious so like they're not they're not really leveraging it in the right way so what sure. what familiar does judges familiar does is provide opportunities especially in that early game to uh catch you know make a good tempo play you know it also serves as a uh, a nice flying blocker or if initiative gets uh, introduced to the table you got to wait to get to retrieve that it's I wouldn't say it's going to be, um, uh, not that I believe in staples, but like, I'm not going to say it's air quotes, a staple, but it's going to be highly considered for decks that have that synergy that will want that thing. So sure. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I know another one that everyone seemed to, uh, be pretty excited about was Slitherhead. Yes, sir. Yeah. I, like I said, I mentioned a minute ago, I didn't really play in this standard. I've played with these cards since then, 60 card popper or what have you. What... What does a card, well, not even a card like, but specifically, what does Slitherhead bring to the format? I guess tell the people what it does first, if they don't know, maybe, and then and then to you know tell them where you think it's going to see some play. So Slitherhead is a another one mana one one. This time it's a hybrid Golgari. It's a Ooh. one one plant zombie creature with Scavenge zero. And what Scavenge does is allows you to pay zero in this case, or whatever the scavenge cost is and exile this card from your graveyard and put a number of one, one counters equal to this card's power on target creature. You can only do it as a sorcery. So it's free. So Mm -hmm. it it does, it does. So it's in the perfect Golgari colors to do uh, some like, you know, uh, some, some shenanigans like sacrifice aristocrat type shenanigans. And then you have this, free bonus ability which is not insignificant in the fact that uh it could take your commander you know one point of toughness out of a board wipe range or lightning bolt or something like that so you know once again you know where where the synergy matters people will be really interested in this is a a cheap little part of the toolkit as it were yeah, that free plus one plus one counter is pretty huge. Like, yeah, it's going to add to their power as well. But like you said, that may take that commander out of bolt range, out of fiery cannonade range, out of whatever you know mm-hmm. direct damage range they may have. That's super nice. And for those uh, casual players, because you know I'm always thinking about you, get you guys too. Uh, you can scavenge, and it says uh, on target creature. Right. It, not, it doesn't not have you to control. be your. Yep. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Are you saying that uh, casual players make bad play decisions? There might be a very warranted decision that would dictate putting a plus one, plus one counter on a creature that you don't control. That's non-judgmental. Yeah, we got, uh, that feels you know, we got those, uh, we got the, we got those white removal spells that only hit t- uh, power four or greater. Oh, so we could just yeah. like put this on a three power thing and then kill it. Like, just spend two or three cards to kill one creature. It's fine. Yeah. Or six cards. Or, or, or six. Yeah, yeah sure. Whatever. Why not? <laughs> uh, how do you guys feel? Liam, I'll start with you. How do you guys feel about the Sinister Sabotage downshift? I am in love with it because Surveil is just better scry. Because when I... It is really good. Because when, I, when I'm scrying, I don't want to put the other card on the bottom. You know, if I'm scrying two, I don't want to put, you know, cards on the bottom. And and sometimes when I'm scrying one, like I I want the code, but I don't want it right now. Like I want it off the top of my library, but I right. but I don't want it on the bottom. Putting it in the graveyard is like 
putting it in my second hand. So, you know. Yeah, it feels way better than putting it on the bottom. Yeah. Surveil mm-hmm. is just amazing, and I'm super ecstatic to see it down in, in common more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is three mana, so I don't know that you know how good a Surveil counterspell is in the competitive meta, but what do you think, Clay? Do you like the uh, downshift? Oh, I'm not as all in on surveil. Now, once again, it's one of those things. Like if I'm if I'm playing a graveyard based deck where, like Liam said, I want to uh, basically extend that you know the top of my library into my secondary hand, then then sure. But otherwise, I think for the most part, people will be fine with scry because you're just keeping it uh, out of uh, relic of progenitus range, right? <laughs> Whatever piece. <laughs> Which is a little bit more rampant in the competitive circles than it is potentially in casual circles. So, sure, that's fair. The fact that it says counter target spell with no uh, hanger or caveat or anything like that is is kind of a big deal, you know, in decks that want that stuff. Yeah, and really, I guess outside of those three or four we talked about, we we got four more. But there's, I'm not super stoked about any of them. We got Greater Forgeling, the five mana, three, four elemental that for a colorless and a red, for each colorless and a red, you pump into it, it gets plus three, minus three. But mm-hmm. so, well, I, I do have, so back on the synergy, like tip, like mm-hmm. 10 Street Dodger is a goblin. It's a one, one goblin uh, uh, for one with haste. Now mm-hmm. that other. Uh, can't be blocked this turn except by creatures with defender that may come up. Um, like I said if, uh, earlier, if there's like initiative or monarch or whatever on the table, but uh, goblins are in in CPDH. Goblins by far uh, are the most powerful uh, tribe or type or you know whatever we're calling it these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're the most powerful. So adding another one one goblin for one with haste. You know, to the to the pile is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, not bad at all. Like I'm, I'm super cool with that. I guess I just I assumed it was already a common, and when it got downshifted, I was surprised. I don't know. I, was, I, I thought we already had. Maybe it's the extra ability of not being able to be blocked. But I thought, thought we already had mm-hmm. one mana, one one goblins. Okay. Oh yeah, the, yeah. the ragey. Yeah. The yeah. Original. Yeah, the rager. Yep. Uh, speaking of typal cards but not really powerful ones we got a merfolk soldier liam is anything going to happen with this merfolk of the depths and what is it i've lost the merfolk i don't know where it is <laughs> it's okay i've got like six falls open okay there it is okay uh merfolk of the depth is a six mana four two with flash uh it costs four and two hybrid simic uh i'm not entirely sure that too much is going to happen here uh, if if I'm yeah. being entirely honest, this it, it has to go in a Simic deck, and while Simic decks like big creatures, they tend to like them they they tend to like them having an equally if not greater toughness than power. Mm. Yeah, and that two a, that two on the backside is a little bit of a turn. A six mana block of dying to bolt feels real bad. <laughs> Yeah, hey, but flash flash. A, yeah. a six yeah. mana block of dying to shock feels real bad. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'm not sure this is going too many places, other than the yeah. bullpen. Yeah. 
Well, you covered, Brad, you covered that uh, Greater Forgeling briefly. Uh-huh. Uh, the last one we didn't talk about was that Sprouting Renewal. Yeah, yep, that was the next one up. Take I, it away. So Sprouting Renewal is a uh, three, three mana sorcery speed. It's uh, one green and, and two other. Uh, it has Convoke, for those of you who care about that stuff. Uh, you choose one, create a 2-2 green and white elf knight token, creature token with vigilance, or destroy target artifact or enchantment all for three mana, or, uh, as most players will see it, uh, tapping three elves uh, <laughs> at sorcery speed. And I, I think it's a, uh, a damn fine card for, you know, the, the majority of the card, you know, pool and players and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Boy, if that was an instant. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh, that would be crazy good. Oh, yeah. buddy. Yeah. If that was an instant type, then uh, we'd be talking about this in a whole different kind of way. Yeah. So There'd be a whole other conversation going on. And I can't think of... Ironically, I can't think of a deck that, like, right offhand that would employ that, because uh, there aren't a whole lot of green, like Kadira, maybe. It's yeah, like, there's some, like, incidental saplings running around here and there, but... So it it'd be interesting for sure. It would it would definitely be a a step in the right direction for uh, green in in the com competitive sp sphere. Can sure. Talk. Here we are. So yeah, <laughs> that'll be the last of eight cards that we got you downshifted. Yeah, um, that's it. We talked we talked about our disappointment at length uh, in the pre-show. Pay the money. Uh, <laughs> we 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 talked about that and how there's only eight. It's like we got spoiled in the the last eighteen months with uh, all of the downshifts and all that. Yeah, so, well, it, it has been a a really good twelve to eighteen months with uh for the popper commanders or popper uh, format. It's like sorry. Here you go. Here's your turd. <laughs> your turd sandwich. Here yep. you go. We we would do one. Yeah, hmm? we've had some really good ones. It's it. This is okay. It's fine. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Clay, Clay. What you need to understand is that this is okay because yeah. in less than six months, do you know what set we have? No, uh, you know I don't. <laughs> Modern Horizons three. Oh, okay. There you go. There, oh, okay, yeah, there yeah. it is. Yep. I mean, I do, but like, uh, I don't. I'm, I don't know. It's I'm, really difficult I'm, for me I'm to keep track to, of stuff on the horizon. To block it and try to <laughs> remove it from my mind. It doesn't exist. Yeah, but, oh, it's modern horizons like, it's can't hurt you. <laughs> previous, yeah, previous modern horizons have been fine for both sixty card and uh, sure. two H, right? Sure. Yeah, nothing, nothing got banned at all. Yeah, yeah look away. Oh. How about how about them commanders from that uh, Ravnica remastered set? Yeah, let's move on to that. There. You want to you want to start us off, Clay? You want to start straight down the list, or you want to pick one that you're pretty stoked about? Uh, I'll I'll pick one that I okay. So stoked is uh, kind of like a loaded loaded term because <laughs> I think there's only one that now. Okay, so let's caveat that by saying that there's a, there's actually another one on the list that instead of five or excuse me seven mana. If it cost five mana, it would be like a windmill slam. Okay, yeah, we're definitely making this thing. But yeah. uh, because it costs seven mana, it's like, okay. That's a lot. But uh, so what Woebringer Demon does, which is a, uh, a five mana, uh, two black and three other, four, four demon with flying that says, 
at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player sacrifices a creature. If that player can't sacrifice Wobringer Demon, so you know somebody at Watsi was like, "Hey, um, we don't have any of these effects at Uncommon. Mm-hmm. Why don't we <laughs> let's do it? Let's do it." So it's not a braids effect, you know, completely, but it's a braids like. I'm doing the air quotes, magic players. <laughs> a a braids like effect, mm-hmm. and yeah, this is the the one that I chose to uh, build for our three by three conversation a little bit later. Yeah. So is this like the um, the best of what we got, or are you actually sort of like excited when this one got downshifted? Oh, uh, so. It's the the jury is still out in reality because um, as an aside that we'll hopefully also talk about, like uh, there's been a huge boon in uh, mid range archetype development uh, for CPDH lately, and uh, while this is not a mid range commander, it actually screams control. Uh, control is kind of like the uh, the 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 older brother you know of uh the older right. quiet brother of mid-range <laughs> so they're essentially the same conversation so uh this was in because of that conversation on whole in the community this has been brought up in that capacity the problem is nobody knows really what to do with it right yeah and i feel like it's a commander that uh will probably will likely sit in your command zone do you need it, you know, mm-hmm. sort of thing? So, you know, most people are used to, uh, you know, playing a, a third, path, uh, third path iconoclast and, like, jamming it out turn two and then it always being there and right. not used to really thinking about commanders as uh, as a tool, right? Yeah, like sitting back and waiting waiting on them until you need them. So, yeah. Short answer is like this. There's opportunity there. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but, you know, stay tuned. Right. Yeah, and that's another thing, too, about just sort of leaving it in the command zone. Like a third path, you know, that'll be a seven, you know, with commander attacks, that'll be a seven mana commander, on you know, in two turns, two or three deaths. Whereas if the demon dies once, you're already looking at seven mana. Like, so you got to really sort of understand when and where you want to use it, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with the, you know, somewhat of a pivot uh, with the, but I'll, I'll digress afterwards, uh, with the, <laughs> the rise in air quotes fall of scam in modern this last year, uh, taking some of that tech and pushing it forward into a, the CPDH sphere where you're uh, leveraging your life gain, life loss packages, uh, Gary's. Uh, yep. your your discard packages you know like the uh, the uh, the rat that i can't uh, think of like rotting rats or something like that yeah burglar rats rotting rats burglar, yeah. there you go and uh your flesh bags and stuff like that you know creating these uh value loops with those types cre- uh, of creatures uh integrating woebringer uh into that scenario is probably your your best likely situation sure yeah yeah so and it's actually funny i i forgot that i mentioned this earlier so if we can transition away from the Woebringer and go to uh, the one that's, well, to my right of that, uh, Rakdos Pit Dragon. It's yeah, actually yeah, interesting. It so Rakdos Pit Dragon is a uh, four mana, two red, two colorless, three, three dragon that has uh, two activated abilities on it. First one mm-hmm. for two red, 
says Rakdos Pit Dragon gains flying until the end of turn, and the other one says for one red, Rakdos, Rakdos Pit Dragon, holy crap, gets plus one, <laughs> plus zero till the end of turn, and there's a third line of text or ability or what have you that says Hellbent, uh, Rakdos Pit Dragon has double strike as long as you have no cards in hand, which is what Hellbent means. And that is so, the selling point, I think. Yeah, this has actually seen some play in the last uh, month or so since it was uh, spoiled uh, in the Sanctuary uh, server. I don't know what the results are offhand, but there's enough games that there's there's probably, you know, some, some success. You know, it's not... Uh, the first thing you would think of when you're looking at a uh, uh, competitive uh, commander, sure. I don't, I don't know whether or not it's going to achieve uh, Gretchen or uh, Abdel level of notoriety, but it just goes to show that uh, uh, competitive players will take new toys and fumble around with them for a little bit and see what works. And if they don't, they'll, you know, throw them on the scrap heap. Yeah, oh, for sure. It's got just enough uh, wordage in that text box to be appealing to definitely casual players, high-powered players, and competitive players, I think. Yeah, because... I just, I, I worry about that helmet. What's the main problem with uh, Mono Red is running out of cards. So you're just naturally, <laughs> you're just naturally going to do the thing. And then, uh, for whatever reason, if you're, uh, I'm not saying this is a good strategy, so don't quote me, but like... If you're ritualing, you know, so you're adding all of this mana to your mana pool. Coincidentally, you're emptying your hand. It's like, oh, look, mom, I'm doing two things. Right. Yep. <laughs> so, you so, know, yeah, whether or not you can achieve. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to see what happens. Uh, the next one up, the you mentioned it briefly a minute ago. It is seven mana. It's five and double red, but it is a 5-5. Five, five. It's an avatar. That's the creature type. It's Stalking Vengeance. I had never mm. actually heard of this card before, probably because it's a rare, before the downshift to Ravnica Remastered. Uh, it's got haste. Okay, fine. Seven mana, 5-5 five, five haste. Uh, a little underrated, but that's okay. Uh, and then it says, whenever another creature you control dies, it deals its Dam- it deals damage equal to its power to target player or planeswalker. You can forget the last word, pretty much. So it's got a built-in fling, soul's fire, if you will, which I really, really like. This is very intriguing, mm-hmm. but golly, that seven mana is a ton. What do you think, Liam? Are you the? Is this your type of mono red commander? Uh, I mean, it's red and it deals damage. It's, it's right, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> hasty it's all you damage, need. even yeah, hasty damage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. The the seven mana is gonna hurt but i feel like this is this is probably another one like the demon where there's a deck here but you gotta time it yeah exactly what i i do it's gonna sound weird i think but i do like the fact that it's seven mana because by the time you get to that six you know turn six turn seven turn eight the creatures you're gonna have on board are gonna be bigger than tokens Mm -hmm. they're gonna be four fours they're gonna be three threes you know yeah so i got another way to uh, think about this too. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm not saying board stalls don't happen. Sure, they yeah, yeah. they do, they 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 do. Uh, but the main the main uh, one of the main complaints of people transitioning over into the format is they think that board stalls are insanely ubiquitous and they're happening every 15 minutes and all of that stuff, which is not true. It is not. But 
and I just thought about this right now. What Stalking Vengeance does, and it was actually something you said, Brad, that made me think of this, mm-hmm. is, yeah, it's that late game. You've already developed your board, this, that, and the other. And if only there were ways to sacrifice things in red. Yeah. <laughs> See, So it's like, you know, everybody's been playing the game. Uh, they're less than half of their life total, you know, or better. And it's like, oh, we're just going to start flinging this. Fling, right, fling, exactly. Fling, fling. Right. Yeah. See, yep. Brad mentioned, you know, you don't have an army of tokens, but what if I do have an army of tokens and I play Stalking Vengeance mm. and I attack out? And then, when after my opponents have done their blocks, I play Trumpet Blast. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. Dealing damage equal to its power. It. All my creatures die, all your creatures die, and I get to bolt you for every creature that dies. Minimum. Like, See, I love that. I do. Love Sounds that. good to me. You know, and we and we've got you know we've got four mana five twos. We've got mm-hmm. or you know five mana five twos, four mana five twos. Like we've got these creatures with giant power, but two or less on the backside. You know that just die super easy. Or if you want to cast a few and fiery cannonade, like things can get really silly with this one. I think. But, but yeah, like you said, just like with the demon, I think you really have to be confident in the board that you established because you're either going to try to take out the table in one sort of like death swoop or Mm -hmm. you're going to have to do it incrementally, which is going to be hard because you're trying to rebuild your board at the same time. Absolutely. So, but there is a deck here. You said it perfectly, Liam. There is definitely a deck here. I'm just, uh, I'm excited to see how it goes. There's a deck here. Timing, timing, timing. I don't know that it's competitive. Probably not, but there's a deck here. There's a fun deck here. As as yeah. Clay would put it, there's a casual deck here. A casual, <laughs> a cash deck, yep. Uh, Liam, are you excited about any of the ones we haven't talked about yet? Uh, not particularly, if I'm being honest. Uh, sure. I'm, no, that's totally I'm fair. I'm not yeah. really sure what you're supposed to do with the Sphinx. <laughs> I have no idea. No but idea. I'm talking about the, the it, it was Evangel, Evangel, the Selesnia Evangel, Evangel, mm-hmm. Evangel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Evangel. There we go. We got there. Green white. It's a one two for an elf shaman. It has an ability that says what pay one generic, tap it, and tap an untapped creature you control. Create a one one green sapling creature token. So yes. you have to pay one generic and tap the Evangel. Yep. And tap another creature and you get a one one. Yeah. So by Sil- well, by Selesnia sure rules, do. this is Convoke. <laughs> I'm paying yeah. three uh, mana yeah. for a 1-1. One, one. Three mana for a 1-1 one, one green Saperly creature token. I'm yeah. not ecstatic about this. It's almost like this card this. is like, it's almost like this is a common power level card. Yeah. yeah. Oh, probably because it was upshifted to uncommon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm not ecstatic about this, to be honest. I'm not sure that I'd be ecstatic mm-hmm. about this in the 99, if I'm being entirely honest. No, I'm so not either. So somewhere, uh, somebody has a ginger tribal deck that needs a commander. There you go. Sure. Yeah, I think or if you're going to... Ginger typo, excuse me. I think mm-hmm. if you're going to put this at the uh, head of your deck, you need to find a reason in the art or flavor text or something, because it's not in the rules box. Oh. mm <laughs> but if you love it, that's good. Yeah, and then the last one you mentioned, Cerulean Sphinx, six mana, five, five, flying. For a, for a single blue, you could shuffle it. Its owner shuffles it into their library. It's poop. Wow, what poop. a steal. What a steal. <laughs> a six mana, five, five. 
Uh huh. It literally just has flying and nothing else. Yeah. This this is this is terrible. It's poop. It is poop. You, you know, I'm um, I'm looking. At, it comes from the original Ravnica, like like Ravnica City of Guilds. I can mm. see it being a rare in 2008. Where you know the blue mana saves it from combat, but like a limited, sure. a limited bomb, limited bomb, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But that's yep. that's a that that's it. That's yep. Mm-hmm. Now, did they? I can't remember if they did this with the other remastered set or sets plural. Did they design this set to be drafted? Is yes. it draftable? It yes. is. Okay, so it's super okay. draftable. Okay. In cool. fact, it's cool. encouraged. Okay, right on. Yeah, I just couldn't... For some reason, I just blinked on that. But yeah, that makes sense. Maybe it'll be another limited bomb. But yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Uh, Clay, it looks like you've actually built a deck for your demon. Are you... uh, Did you take the approach here that you were talking about with the super grindy sort of control aspect? When we... I For the listeners, when we decided on this topic, decided to have Clay on, this seemed like a good time to do it. And we sort of like tossed around the idea of almost doing a three by three for this episode. And then we're like, wait, all the commanders suck. Let's not do that. (laughs) So we sort of scrapped that idea a little bit. We scrapped like 80% of that idea. So we all sort of like mentally picked commanders. Clay actually went and built the deck for it, but we're going to talk about, you know, I think it would be unfair if we just sort of like skipped them all together. So we're going to just sort of like casually theorize how we would build um, a particular commander from these downshifts. So go ahead, Clay, what do you got? So, uh, part of the the genesis of this this list uh, wasn't of my own making, so shout out to uh, uh, Lotad and uh, Jonathan. I'm not going to say X Rillerol or whatever his name is, <laughs> <laughs> but they're so, both uh, very accomplished competitive players. So this they be are. So with my work as of late developing Sir Conrad and looking at the uh, the the mid range archetype and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking tech from what they developed and taking tech from what I'm developing and kind of doing a mismatch with that into a control list. Mm-hmm. So essentially what I'm trying to do is, so I, I've arranged this into like packages and there's like heavy recursion. Cause if you're going to be killing stuff, you might as well be bringing stuff back. Right. Oh, I think so. so yeah. And if you're going to be bringing stuff back, then you might as well like, like go whole hog. So <laughs> So in the what we're doing category, so I've got uh, some instant speed removal, all your typical like snuff out, defiles, echoing decays, you know, feed the swarm, go for the throat, that kind of stuff. Sure. But then we have, this includes Rot Tide Gargantua, because if you're going to do it, you might as well do it, right? Oh, you might as well do it, yep. So all of the flesh bag marauder style creatures where, you know, they come into play, put the trigger on the stack, everybody picks a creature, sacrifice it, and then you're like, oh... Pay two mana for an exhume, fleshbag marauder. <laughs> Here we Surprise go. Surprise to no one. Yeah, exactly. Or yep. unearth, you know, yep. that sort of thing. So the idea here now, I mentioned fleshbag. Everybody knows, or they should know, the downside to the fleshbags is you never, you're never really left with anything on the battlefield. So the the one hand shaking the other is the the festering series or uh, fume spitter, I believe is the OG uh, of this creature type where uh, the, when the creature dies, either via sacrifice or whatever uh, you put a negative one counter or the creature gets a negative one, you know, a target creature. Yep. So basically I have a 
buttload of those types of effects. So that way, when you cast your flesh, ba- flesh bag, you don't have to sacrifice your flesh bag. You can sacrifice your festering newt. Your shambling goblin. <laughs> your, your, yeah, your festering goblin, the shambling gas. You know, exactly. You can sacrifice those, and you can actually get some two-for-one opportunities for removal yeah. out of those creatures. And you're left with uh, a chain devil that's like a 4-2 or a flesh bag that's a 3-1. So... That's that's what you're doing, you know. Now, yep. how is that paying off? Well, that really doesn't do a lot in the payoff category. So there's a this is the Larry the 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 uh, the uh, loyal subordinate tech. Mm-hmm. There's a whole suite of creatures in here that either ETB or LTB, and there's some uh, non-creature stuff too. But uh, their whole game is to drain globally. Uh, you know the 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 pod to uh, and not all of them gain you life, but you're you're gaining life on a majority of these uh, creatures. Right. So you pair the ETB LTB effects of uh, draining and and gaining, and you tra- you know put that with the the flesh bags who are allowing you to sacrifice other creatures, and then you have that how not to run out of gas where you're like, oh, <laughs> I love that. I'm just. I'm just going to witch's cottage, put this back. Oh, I'm going to draw this, play it again, you know, or I can sacrifice, you know, whatever creature, your life gain creature, like a a Gary. Oh, I'm a costly plunder. And then I'm going to exhume or, you know, what have you. Just these, this endless circle of value to just generate it out of the 99. Now, this is where we were talking about earlier with, uh, uh, where Woebringer comes into play, yeah, you're not you're not ramping into you know five mana to put a Woebringer out, even though you do have options for Dark Ritual and Bubbling Muck, right? And mm-hmm. You're playing thirty five lands to make sure you're you know moderately staying on curve. Sure, you know Woebringer is definitely going to be one of those creatures that after you've established somewhat of a presence because it allows you to sack stuff, you can sacrifice a uh, Spirit of Malevolence. Ooh, drain the table, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, and it's that incremental life gain, life drain that Mono Black loves so much. Exactly. Now, is it going to be winning the Speed Demon Award? No. Uh, is it going to be the, the top tier, you know, you know, CPDH commander? Probably not. Right. Uh, this, is, this is likely going to be... Uh, in the upper echelons of uh, uh, decks that are played amongst friend groups who have an understanding. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what it is. That's how we're, how we're doing it. Yeah. I like that approach. I mean, cause you could, you mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the demon, you could build the whole creature creature package of nothing but grave flickers and your rotting rats and your virus beetles and your mm-hmm. Liliana specters and all that sort of stuff. And just like control the table that way. Like no one gets to have yep. any fun, but at least this way there's like creatures on board. Combats can still happen. You know, interesting things are happening as opposed to just, you don't have cards to play and I get to do what I want to do. Exactly. So, yeah, I like so the approach quite a bit. Oppressive, but not so oppressive. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Decent mono black oppression. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Liam? Have you theorized any decks for any of these commanders? Uh, not not particularly. No, not particularly. <laughs> not, none of these are anything I'm I'm looking to be building. 
Yeah, I don't know that I'm going to rush out and build anything. I will probably, at least on Moxfield, I will put together a a stalking vengeance list. Uh, Maybe I'll playtest it, you know, on somebody's stream or in a pod sometime. But that one does interest me. It does interest me. Because, like you said, Liam, you can go the tokens and anthem route. Or you can go the just the big dumb idiot route where you're casting huge power creatures that have no butt. So you're pretty much guaranteed that they're going to die. That sort of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, also if you went with the token route, you could do your impact trimmers and your raid bombardments and all that sort of thing. So, I mean, kind of like the, the woe bringer demon, you know, you can go, uh, hand destruction or creatures kind of with the vengeance. You can do tokens. You can do big, dumb idiots. Like, I don't know if there's any room for in between. It's, it's just another red token damage list is... Yeah, I think the... um, Without the storm appeal of Zada. Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, if... if, Heaven forbid, if you're casting your uh, Stalking Vengeance and it gets counterspelled, I mean, just pack it up, right? (laughs) Like, (laughs) you're you're almost done at that point. But uh, it's interesting enough. I think probably the go wide with your uh, Trumpet Blast and all that, that's probably the correct route. Because like you said, if you're just going to send 12 lightning bolts at the table all of a sudden, that's usually a good amount of damage. It's game over for somebody. Yeah, game over for somebody for sure. And Rectos, the Pit Dragon, that's one of those that I don't know that I'm going to bother to build, but I'm going to constantly keep my eyes on the list for it on Moxfield, and if something seems interesting, I'll playtest it somewhere. But I just, I've built so many... Uh, and taken them apart, but I've built so many mono red decks or red X decks that I, I don't like being hell bent. Like that is the worst feeling in a multiplayer mm. setting is just sitting there doing nothing, knowing you can't do anything and knowing that your opponents know that they can do whatever they want. Cause you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, unless you're like Dargo Caddis, right. Then right. Then well, yeah, exactly. Everything you need is right there on the battlefield. I do. <sighs> that double strike is so tempting though. Hmm super tempting and it could even be like you don't have to go all in on the i mean you have to be hellbent but you don't have to go all in on the fire breathing or all in on the flying like we have equipment that gives trample we have equipment that gives flying like you could do that way we have i mean we have axes that'll bump up its power and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. so we have ways to to work around it uh so you're not you know spending all your mana to give it two extra power and flying like that's four mana for plus two you know plus two plus oh and flying that's that's a lot especially if you're not hellbent you just have a five three in the air that's probably going to die to something so seems like a lot of work but it's interesting i find it quite interesting yeah conceptually yeah i i appreciate uh it's it's concept you know yeah uh Bringing forth the opportunity to try something, really the thing that excites me in in the Popper Commander format is uh, new things that activate old things. So yeah, if mm-hmm. this if this brings to light uh, some cards that were rarely used previously, you know, or strategies, or you know, or whatever, anything mm-hmm. that uh, sure you know was old can be made new again. You know, I'm down. I'm, I'm, I'm in for it. Yeah, and I like. I, I don't want to say I, I I'm, I'm not going to say I'm in love with these downshifts, but you know, the Woebringer Demon and the Dragon and the Vengeance, like they're, they're not great. They're not going to be tearing up any metas anywhere, but they're just interesting enough that 
you can have conversations about them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like like the Sphinx and the Evangel, you're like, eh, nope, they're done. Like, why even bother playing those? They're not great. We have a million uncommon creatures that are like, eh, I don't want to have that conversation. But yeah. these three, like, can be built in two to three different ways, each each one by themselves. And, and I think that's really interesting. Yeah, and Liam, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're probably the uh, adequate source for this. But that uh, dragon, the name escapes me because uh, I closed out the window. Uh, the dragon... Uh, that's really one of the first uh, non-guild mage creatures that has that much like text in the body, right? Oh, the Rakdos Pit Dragon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know because I mean, the text this... is the text is being split up by three activations, and three of the lines aren't complete. Mm. So realistically, you're probably looking at. Uh, five lines of rule text which like the Wobringer demon also has five lines of rules text Mm. Um, what i'm getting at is like the complexity we don't we don't really experience this level of complexity outside uh, of like a cycle yeah with with three with three abilities on it correct right this this is this is uh uh, i'd say horizon's level of complexity oh their willingness their willingness to go there is what i'm getting at not not horizon's level of power horizon's yes. level of complexity let's yeah. let's clarify that yeah now so i mean i'm definitely excited by when i saw these cards downshifted you know them communicating because you know wizards is always talking to us through their actions um <laughs> so i, I heard that in your voice i heard that <laughs> so their their willingness to kind of go there with with that complexity right downshifts well this is this is an existing card that's being downshifted for an environment that's going to be high powered correct and we benefit from that well we do right as as an as an atonal format we do benefit from that but i wouldn't take this as a sign of the direction that premier sets are going to go it's 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 not happening it's not (laughs) they are not signals for a premier set Oh my so, gosh, uh, I can't get anything through with you here. Are the uh, <laughs> Is a Rectos Pit Dragon deck going to show up at the PAL studio? Because you have to be hellbent, but Howling mm. Golem and Noggle Ransacker are everywhere. Oh. Yeah. Do the PALs right, ever really truly get help? Well, I mean, here's what they I do. is they, just, they stack That's the deck full question. of like one and two drops, so that way it doesn't matter if they draw four cards from Howling Golem. They just play them all. Uh, yeah. You are mono red. It is easy to get hellbent <laughs> off like three mana. <laughs> Hal's signal activation yep. now. Throw up the beacon. Well, cool. Yeah, those are those are interesting. At, at least we can have conversations about them. Like, it would have yeah. been super disappointing if we had gotten five downshifts and they were all uh, sphinxes or whatever. Yeah. I mean, this they are slightly they, they, better. Yeah. They all are trash, but that's beyond the point. This is slightly <laughs> better than poking yourself in the, in the eye with a stick. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yep. They're trash, but they're they're like nice, you know, cul-de-sac trash. <laughs> it's like rich people trash. <laughs> rich people trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still going to the dump, but you know. <laughs> there'll be essential oils and crap in there to make it smell good. Yeah. <sighs> cool. Uh, do either of you have anything else you want to go over about the old Ravnica remastered set before we move on to just some uh, more general but uh, slightly focused topics? Yeah, yeah, I I oh, did want yeah. to uh, mention some of the artworks that are just Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the set. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, a couple of commons got some new art. Uh, Wild Cantor, Thrill Kill Assassin, Rising Populace, Mortis Strider, Macabre Waltz, Keening Apparition, Dogpile, Disembowel, Conclave, Equinot, and Cloudfin Raptor. All of these are commons that got brand new artwork. Uh, in yeah, addition to that, are. the Selesnia Evangels artwork is new. Mm-hmm. Mistral Charger got new artwork. Conclave Cavalier and a uh, Selesnia Commander got new artwork. And then two Guild Mages, uh, Azorius Guild Mage and Boros Guild Mage. And I'm probably going to be canceled for saying this, but uh, <laughs> both of these artworks are better than their previous versions. So I'm looking forward to seeing these two artworks come out and and I'm having a hard sphere. trouble deciding my favorite Azorius Guild Mage artwork, but I think the new Boros one is really good. I kind of miss the yellow, the old skinny goth girl, but the, the, this new one is very the, Boros. Yeah, I, we all I, have to grow up sometime, right? Exactly. I really don't know what they were going for with that original Boros Guild Mage card. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really struggle to understand. I don't know. It's different. It's memorable. That's for sure. De- it's it's memorable. <laughs> because it's different. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, bringing, uh, the I'm new one is super Boros. Yeah, what? What's that? I'm bringing it up now so I can look yeah, at it's, it. It's from the OG Rat, uh, yeah, Ravnica. Oh, my God. It's wild, I she, right? I think she wants to talk to a manager. <laughs> she does. Yeah. She is upset about something. Yeah. Uh, the, the new Boros Guild Mage looks infinitely better, and I'm excited about that. So, yeah. Ah, uh, the new Cloudfin Raptor. I'm not sold on it. I like the old Gross. ones. Yeah, yeah, the old ones better. But yeah, these are these are pretty cool. I'm always happy when commons get new artwork. Wild Cantor. That's pretty dope. I mean, the original one is like sort of iconic at this point. Um, but that that new one's pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Cool. Right on. Yeah, I saw you typing in the link for the uh, the new artwork when we were wrapping up the uh, pre-show, and I totally forgot about it. It only took me one hour, and I forgot about it. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, well, Clay, when we were we had you in our episode channel in our Discord server, you dropped some topics in here that maybe you wanted to talk about. Absolutely. Do you want to go ahead and start it off? Do you have a way to like um, introduce the listeners to this topic, or you just want to sort of like, get right into it? So I mean, the the thing that uh, precipitated this uh, uh, this conversation or this this transition rather was uh, mm-hmm. so the last time I was on and I made a joke about it about uh, being fifty one episodes and that's almost a whole year. Um, <laughs> uh, back well, I then, mean, it was fifty one episodes, but you also have to remember that like we did some finagling around episode sixty, so there's also yeah. like a Patreon only episode that's not in the numbering. So yeah. technically, true, true. it's been 52 episodes. Technically, it has been yeah. a year. So in that time... And it hasn't like, been long enough. Yeah, in that day... <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long since you were on the show that I've seen you two times this year in completely different states. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I've seen and, you in person. <laughs> yep. And my, my online life has changed drastically in that time. And those people that are in the uh, competitive circles uh, that actually, you know, talk to me on a regular basis, uh, they're, they're already hip to all of this. Uh, and if any of the more casual leaning folks out there care, uh, like I, 
I had the tryhards venture and then we brought Ryan on and promoted him. He was actually working his butt off. And because of that hard work and dedication, uh, we did some rebranding and all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. basically it was a, uh, a question from, and he wasn't meeting it this way. Uh, it was a question from my, uh, my good fellow RC member, good buddy, uh, scarecrow, Paul, uh-huh. He asked me one day, he's like, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? And that like started this whole like chain of like spiral (laughs) craziness. And the, the, the topic that I wanted to kind of bring to bear for both you and members of the community, because this is a a conversation we, we can have with our contemporaries. This is a conversation we can have with ourselves. And it's it's a good question that people don't even realize that they maybe should be asking. Exactly. So the question is, what, what is your role? So it's got two minor uh, questions after it, but like, what is, what is your role as a player or other in your community? So uh, that's a loaded question because you could be a person like myself with a, you know, access to a fairly large community, or you could be uh, a member of the player base who has their home group of like four to six, 12 people, and, you know, it could be on that scale and, you know, basically what is, what is your role, you know? And then mm-hmm. looking at that, like, where do I contribute best? And then how can I leverage those strengths to better serve that particular community? Right. So these are things that have been on the brain in the last year, which has almost kind of precipitated the, the, the change uh, I've since left. Uh, common connoisseurs left that in the capable, very, very capable hands of, of Papa Popper Ryan mm-hmm. and kind of zoomed my life out because we've had a, a, a plethora of people, especially in the competitive sphere, uh, get more involved in developing their own ventures and bringing some things to, to, to bear for the community. And, you know, the, by and large, me leaving the, the connoisseurs was to get out of the way, right, uh, of all of those people. It's really difficult. I didn't want to put them in a position to compete with a rules committee member, and it would be unfair of me to, you know, ask that. So, like, sure, that that is, yeah, that's a good point. So, looking at, and this is conversations that I've had with uh, many people, like, you know, what what are you, how are you being a servant leader you know that's some buzzwords for corporate america (laughs) for you you know how are you serving your community what are the things that are you doing best and you know how can you leverage that the answer for me is uh i bring a lot of energy to anything you know Mm -hmm. like if i if i shine my light on a thing i i energize it and i'm i'm really good at uh, activating other people to uh, mobilize effort towards that thing. Yeah, uh, when, you, when you shine your light, everybody sees it. Oh, make me cry on stream. <laughs> Come on, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's the kind of the question that I'm uh, asking of myself, kind of the question that I'm asking of other people. Uh, like for you guys, uh, you guys, I see you. I don't know if you see yourself this way. So this might be unfair, uh, but I, I kind of see you guys as the, uh, the anchor or, uh, the entirety 
of the format. Not only do you have your hands in casual play and streams and all that stuff, but you're also commentating and participating in the competitive sphere. There's no, there's no, you know, area in the spectrum that goes untouched. Now, granted, you might, you know, just because the, 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 the extreme nature of the, the format, you're not able to be everywhere at once. So you'll have this, this time delay between, you know, focusing on, uh, you know, format or not format, but, uh, archetype related stuff or, uh, you know, deck building related stuff or, you know, uh, you know, meta related stuff, you know, you, you gotta kind of pick and choose what you guys do, but that's, that's kind of where I see you guys contributing best. I don't know if you see yourselves in that light. I don't know. I, well, first of all, thank you. I really appreciate that. I I don't know that I've thought about it that way. And it only ever, even only like a little sliver of that really strikes home, if you will, when, when someone like recognizes the pod or when you meet someone in person and they're like, Oh my God, you know, I've listened forever, yada, 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 whatever. Like when, when someone outwardly voices or is vocal about what we've done or our quote unquote fame, that's the only time mm. I really think about it at all. Yeah. It's just, it's a weird, Hmm. It's a weird thing to think about. Like, I just never thought we'd get to this point whatever oh, point I, this is as soon I never as thought you, we'd get brother, here <laughs> brother as soon as you started i knew it was going to happen because you're covering because i mean think about it like conceptually uh you're marching through time uh you know the three of you you're marching through time you're marking time uh you're highlighting uh the the set releases you're highlighting the uh you know any cultural changes within the larger uh magic community mm-hmm. uh all of that has a uh, a pdh bent to it so there's no uh, listener that's hearing my voice right now that isn't uh, potentially impacted by that. They can choose to opt in or opt out, like me and artwork, you know. Right. But you know, <laughs> but I mean, like, like you guys have uh, the cadence, you have the the opportunity, the benefit, the responsibility. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it can be quite heavy, and I think. Uh, the second part of that is like, how can I leverage those strengths to better serve the community? That's a real tough one, you know, because you it are, is. it is because you, because yep. you are everywhere, you know, and you can't be everywhere. Yeah, I just thought it. I'd, uh, I, I'd shine you up a little bit. Yeah. I well, appreciate that. Uh, what do you think, Liam? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't really know what to think. I'm, it's I'm a strange kind of, concept, right? Like it's, I don't know. It just is. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with Brad on this one is like when we started this, like I figured this would be like the, I don't know how to describe it. The, the inflection point for anybody who was even considering creation of, of some variety to, to pop into the scene. But, mm-hmm. and you know, some people have some, some people have done that, but not quite as many as I had envisioned. And, it it seems like we've kind of taken up that mantle that I imagine somebody else taken, like what what Clay had said, and it's strange. It is. Mm. It is. It is strange. <laughs> well, allow me the opportunity to uh, diffuse the strangeness. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked about um, uh, as you guys will agree that most of the listeners um, may not have concept of it's it's weird producing con- uh, con- uh, content. It's it's really weird. Uh, like you said, people say, Hey, you know, you've, you've done that thing. And yep. you're like, 
Yeah. So for yeah. the <laughs> for the players that are in the player base, what I ask you is like, you know, like how were you serving your 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 pod, your friends? Yep. You know, are you are you that person that uh loves to build decks and then have extras in your in your backpack and pass them around to your your friend group? Or you know, are you that person, you know? Uh, if you're not that person, but you have that capacity, this answers to the the second part of that question is like, you know, what's, I mean, cost, I get it, but sure. like, what's stopping you from, you know, putting a, you know, a couple extra decks together and sharing them. Or if you, if you're a more casual leaning, in fact, uh, that's unfair because, uh, uh, us competitive folk, we like to do silly things too. Uh, the PDH pals who've been around for like seven years, uh, have a an infinite library seemingly of uh, decks and and concepts like putting together four pal, pals deck uh, decks and especially ones that they probably curated to uh, go together and sure. then layering a plane chase on top of that. Yeah, bro, you get you get me a friend group with uh, pizza and beer and like mm, oh that's a weekend right there. Yeah, that's that's a good time. Yeah, so. What I'm asking is for those players out there that are hearing my voice, you know, what's stopping you from doing that, you know, yeah. or, you know, one of the things to kind of pivot off of that, uh, I want to start me personally in my role that I'm graced with. I want to start supporting ventures like magic kids and sure. things you of know, that nature. What's the saying? Think globally, act locally. Yep, it's kind of almost that same mindset. So, uh, I'll never, I'll never ask someone to contemplate something that I'm not willing to do. So I'm, I've been beating this drum for a while, and that's kind of been my, my role on the competitive side anyway, is to grow the community, support players growing. Like every, every content creator on the competitive side, uh, I am fully integrated with and supporting them as best as I possibly can from my chair here in Fargo, North Dakota in the middle <laughs> of nowhere, you know, yeah. whether they, whether they live in Australia or they live in Europe or Brazil, I've been talking to people in Brazil, like it doesn't matter where they're at, you know, like yep. I'm doing the, doing what I can. So yeah, yeah the, that's these questions too. They're, they're really good at literally for everything you just talked about. But like myself, I, I went through a stage like this where I, I, I didn't have it worded the way you do here in the show notes or that you've talked about. But like I had to ask myself these same questions regarding the magic, you know, magic, the gathering, basically. And it wasn't that long ago. I'm talking like 14 months ago, like the podcast was going, I was doing stuff, but still I had to have like this internal discussion. And I think a lot of the answers that I came to or a lot of the answers that the listeners may come to will really help if you can focus in on answers and figure out some of the directions you're trying to go, it doesn't matter how big or small, like you don't have to like, Oh man, since I built one PDH deck, now I suddenly have to make content for the whole community. Like, that's not what we're talking about. No, like no. understand your roles, what you're trying to do, what you're comfortable with, but what these answers will provide you is a way to not burn out on the game or the exactly. format. Exactly. Because when you're trying to do your passion, when you're trying to brew and stream and content and podcast and brew and talk cards and be with people and talk with people, but you don't really know, you're just sort of like adrift in that sea of like, 
the quagmire of the format, it can get really daunting. It can get really overwhelming. So being able to like answer these questions for yourself puts you in a in a better mindset, in a better state of mind, a more solid foundation for why you're here, what you're doing, and why you want to do it, basically. Absolutely. That's that's and, what I came to anyway. And I'm gonna since uh since Dave isn't here, since uh-huh. Alcatron's not here. <laughs> Play with planeswalkers. Yeah. Rules rule zero. Yeah. Like like it's it's not my format. It's your format. Exactly. The, the exactly. only the only real reason why we have to have by necessity some sense of organization is because eventually, knock on everything wood that you can find, I would like to see this format featured at an LGS uh, for Friday Night Magic. And you absolutely need organization that so mm-hmm. but outside of that in your play groups like go nuts go wild share your stories with other people doesn't have to be us i mean i'd love to hear about it yeah and but, you know what's cool not to like completely tangent and we're 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 running pretty good on low. time here um yeah. what's awesome that i have found about doing rule zero stuff in pauper commander is generally the rule zero stuff really affects your deck because you're generally adding a second commander of some sort to the command zone or something powerful to the command zone that shouldn't already be there. You know, normally it's not like this fun little piece, you know, you're not like adding uh, a rule zero, you know, to the 99, Mm -hmm. you're adding something to the command zone specifically that affects the entire deck as a whole. You know, you're not just like, Oh, these non partner partners, right? Exactly. And that's going to drastically affect the deck, the pod, the game, like, and that's why it's so fun. You know, a lot of like EDH, um, when people talk about EDH with their rule zero, it's usually just like, oh, they look like best friends. So now they're partners or whatever, you know, now they're rule zero. This is my rule zero deck and it's not really going to affect anything because the rest of the deck already had 30 mythics and a bunch of rares and powerful lands and stuff. But with like rule zero and PDH, once you start changing around or playing around with what you could put in the command zone, you're going to notice a huge difference. And that's where a lot of the fun comes in. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's my uh that's my community development deal, which kind of tangents into this last little deal. Sure. But go for it. It's completely. So <laughs> everybody who uh who's a competitive player knows I'm have an affinity for data. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a little numbers. Got a little venture called cpdh.guide set up as a service an homage to competitive play. And I'm and I'm all about stimulating that. So I noticed a little something. I put some actual figures in our, our show notes here. So for 2023, for organized play, uh, one of the main features we added at the end of the year was the opportunity to uh, basically press a switch and flip between uh, all of the data for uh, January 1st, 2023 moving forward or organized play data for that time period moving forward for it as well. So for organized play, which means at this point tournaments, yeah. tournament play, uh, there were 194 mid-range decks registered for competitive events. Now, what's interesting about that number is that there were 197 combo decks registered for the same period of time. So that's three decks off. Mm-hmm. So... In 2023, mid-range was as equally represented as combo. Yep. 
which isn't something that, was that people... pretty shocking to me when I saw it in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, most people think that because most of the uh, wins for the tournaments were won by combo decks, with the exception of one aggro deck, uh, most people think that combo is running rampant and it's overrepresented and all of that stuff. Not the case. Right, because that's what takes takes the trophy, you know. But people Correct. don't see that. Oh, there was also Seder Enchanter in that pod in the top four. Mm. There was Risen Reef in the top four in Detroit, like mm-hmm. constantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the, here's the sad part of this equation. So, <laughs> of the 175 games logged for all of those events, uh, mid range only won eight games. Yeah, eight games. I know it is sad. So what I hear also in the community is that, um, you know, there's not enough representation and, you know, this is derogatory and I don't support it, but like people like, you know, where they're not playing their air quotes, not playing mid range, right. Or blah, blah, blah. I hear that one quite a bit. Yeah. And quite frankly, uh, looking at the numbers and I even put this in here, like, uh, who was it? Einstein that's attributed with this is like doing the same thing yeah. over and over and over <laughs> again as the definition of insanity. Mm-hmm. So looking at these numbers, cause I I'm, I'm privileged. I get to see all this, uh, data as it comes in. I get to work with other people in the community to provide analysis on these numbers. So I, I get to experience all this stuff firsthand before most other people do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it was put to me like, well, what are we doing about it mid range? Right. What are we, what are we doing about developing that? So, right. That's where, uh, we started working in, I guess you mid- move the mid range stuff. No, nope. There it is. There it is. No, uh, there's something, something about mid range. That was me scrolling. So, Conrad, Sir Conrad is a deck that I've been building for a number of years. I've had a rat version uh, that was ironically, and this might blow your mind as well, known as the original aggro deck of the format. So Conrad Rats was considered aggro. Oh, I did not know that. So that's when the format was a 14-turn format. <laughs> so. and see, that's the problem with me, is I build really good mid-range decks, but they are all turn 14, 15 decks. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to get it any shorter than that. I started looking at uh, Conrad because Conrad represents... uh, Now, this is that synergy piece that I kept hinting to. I think I did that in... uh, Was that the pre-show? It's been like a couple hours at this point, so hard to remember where I referenced that. But like synergy... Synergy is key. Say it again. Synergy is key uh, Mm -hmm. for competitive decks. Now, uh, it's not that you can't take a pile of good cards and win with that. It's not, not what I'm saying, but uh, synergy leads to consistency. Consistency gets you that W, that, especially where it counts. So right. looking at what I was doing with Conrad as a win condition, uh, how I'm developing mid-range, the, the big complaint about playing against these uh, combo decks is that they win too fast. If you were part of the, uh, the Patreon and you're listening to the... Uh, uh, the pregame show, you can hear uh, me uh, kind of uh, uh, mess with Alcadron a little bit about his reaction uh, last year for one of these particular games. But uh, yeah, <laughs> an all timer. So combos winning really fast, uh, air quotes, really fast. Uh, the majority of wins start uh, happening 
around turn five. There is a not insignificant number of games that are won on turn four. I think to date, you know, especially in the last six months, or mainly in the last six months, we've only had three registered turn three wins. So it goes it goes three turn three wins in the last like six months, and then the last eighteen months we've had probably I don't know twenty turn four wins. That's just me mm-hmm. spitballing, and then the rest, you know, and fast then, ones. And then the rest of the field. Or turn or yep. turn five, right? So turn five, turn six, turn seven. So people's concept of what they're experiencing might be a little bit off, but looking at mid range as uh, a vehicle for handling some of this early win percentage, right? Well, what am I doing? Right. You know, so like that's um, in the three by three that I did earlier, where I talked about uh, all of the, uh, the festering creatures that deal, uh, you know, not deal damage, but minus one, minus one, or, what yeah. have you, how can I leverage those through sack outlets looking at you, uh, Viscera Seer and uh, Carrion Feeder, you know, how can I take care of some of these early uh, combo creatures by putting counters on them or giving them, you know, negative toughness until they die uh, a horrible mm-hmm. flaming death <laughs> so that's what it's looking to do is leverage some of those onboard control elements that stifles the uh, the early combo stuff, and then from there pivoting into... Now, I know that makes a whole lot of sense as I'm saying it, especially since we talked about <laughs> it to some degree with the uh, Woebringer control deck that I, I mentioned earlier, but mm-hmm. it's not really a concept that's been in practice, you know, the last, like, you know, two years or so, two, three years of uh, uh, game recording, you know, match data right. recording. So this is kind of like... And I feel humbled uh, that uh, uh, the last Friday, uh, as of this recording, the last Friday, uh, Alcadron and who else was in there for? Uh, it was Alcadron and oh, for the FNM for the FNM, yeah, uh, Ankylosaur and Ankylosaur, yep. yeah. I was sitting there tearing it up with uh, this new Conrad control deck. And yeah, congrats on that, by the way. Thank you. And Alcadron's like, is Clay bringing back Mono Black? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I get this real big smile on my face because I don't really get uh, uh, humbled like that. Not humbled, but honored or, you know, honored like that yeah. very often. So See, it's a weird feeling. <laughs> it is. A, it is a weird feeling. So, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. And th- that's the thing. I don't want to be I know there's some disparaging side of this. I don't want to say that the things that people are doing currently in mid range are incorrect in inappropriate inadequate that's mm-hmm. that's not what i'm suggesting what i'm suggesting is that after one year's worth of data and we're seeing things go down a certain way where getting back to that other topic where can i contribute best how can i attack this and we're doing so like uh this conrad list i'm working with another person that uh, you might know gator bait TV. Yeah, we might know might know Gator a little bit. Feel so, like so yeah. I'm working on my Conrad Rats list at the same time I'm working on this Conrad control list with Gator. Uh, Gator is also working on a Conrad list, mid-range list with Aaron concurrently. See, yeah. Not to like completely interrupt you, but I love what you just said there, that you guys are working on specifically these Sir Conrad decks, and I think a lot of it is 
at least looking at it as an outsider, like, sure, it would probably be awesome as a player to have a really good Sir Conrad deck. Like, why not have that in my collection? But I like that you're, you guys are trying to bring back this powerful commander that was thought to be too slow or too this or too that, and you're building it different ways, but in such a way that it's bringing an archetype to the competitive scene that actually stands a chance of winning more than eight games. Like, Exactly. Actually puts a threat at the table. You know, you're not just building it like, hey, Conrad would be cool. Let's do that. Like you guys had the the data in mind mm-hmm. when you were putting these decks together. Absolutely. And we're, I mean, this is still like the testing phase. If you know anything about uh, Agro Aaron, he is notorious for putting up, I think he's got uh, almost 100 games with uh, Gut Leader. So if you That's wild, if you want a person to test something and you want them to do it ad nauseum without quitting, put that deck, <laughs> put that deck into Aaron's hands and say, play this list. So mm-hmm. the benefit of this, and I think, and I think this should be happening more, and it is happening more within the competitive community. Uh, no single player will ever have the the complete perspective of the metagame. So why not, you know, team up with people? And that's the thing. Gator is a very strong-willed person. I don't know if you've met him, but, you know. Yeah, a couple times. <laughs> I'm I'm a very strong-willed person. He and I don't always agree. And I'll be like, you know, hey, I think you should cut this card. And I'm like, nope, piss off. Sorry. <laughs> Ain't happening. <laughs> it's a, exactly. Uh, Felden, three times your size, buddy. Yeah, Felden's, Felden's cane is uh, actually a good example of that. Um, but no, like, you know, getting in, um, what, what I hope to happen with using this Conrad practice or program or process as an example, using, you know, multiple people are working on it basically at the other end of this, what's going to happen. And I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen is that you're going to have a very, very solid deck list with, uh, a strong considering pile based on meta considerations that was basically sure. forged in the fire of a dumpster. <laughs> and it's going to be the strongest steel possible. Now, will it turn up, you know, and produce tournament results? Unknown. We know that uh, player, uh, the player effect, like you put the right deck in the right player's hand, then they have a um, uh, higher opportunity to win based on that combination of things you put a good strong deck and not the right player's hands well things change so right so without those concern well without considering those concerns the i you know i don't know conrad conrad has the juice basically as conrad the- has the juice and it's the type of juice that will show uh players not only what's possible but like mm-hmm. you know that it's not just, it, it's a matter of perspective too. Like a lot of players, and I'm guilty of this to a certain extent. Like when you hear, you know, what's a good mid range? Well, it's probably Boros. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be that way in this particular format. Mm-hmm. And I, and I hate to put it this way, but like uh, I give him as much uh, shit as I possibly can uh, for winning as much as he does. <laughs> he wins I, a lot <laughs> i i do not live let him live that down i was like oh okay you know which what are you gonna what are you gonna play this time their prodigy you know like <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. that sort of thing but i 
the 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 point of this exercise is like i i would love to see more people like brad i'd i'd love to if i can't do a collaboration with you a deck building mm -hmm. collaboration with you uh, if that just doesn't work out, I'd love to see someone else reach out or you reach out and say, like, I'm really interested in this concept. I know I don't have the uh, complete field of view like no one player does. That's foolish. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's let's work together. Let's see what you see. Let's see what I see. And let's make this happen. You know, that's. Yeah, of I've actually just started a conversation with somebody last night with with Dax. Actually, Dax goes face started the conversation. Very, with him last night very of, good player. Very, yeah, competent very good. Brewer. Yes. Yep, absolutely. So we're going to try to brew up a little something-something. And then uh, earlier last year, Infamous Fridge actually helped me build the Woodvine Elemental deck that I play. And that thing's a house. I mean, it's not competitive, but I don't care. But it's a house. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't lose often. It is a really good deck. And a lot of that deck came from him. And it's funny, like, you... Uh... Now, since it's been updated, like, I've, had, I've added the additions, you know, new cards here, new cards there, whatever, whatever. But, like, the original deck itself, most of that, a lot of that was him, and it was super powerful right mm -hmm. out of the box. So... And I'd like to activate... Uh, you, you actually stimulated this in my brain, like, right now. Mm -hmm. And I'd like, to, I'd like to activate my more, my more casual friends out there. Uh, I keep saying it over and over. Synergy is king. Well, who are the king and queens of Synergy? Casual players. Competitive players up until this point have always talked about staples, which is a, uh -huh. an erroneous term. They've talked about <laughs> value piles, right? You know, yep. like if I'm playing blue, then I'm playing ponder and I'm playing brainstorm and I'm playing counterspell and I'm playing, you can run down the list, right? Yeah. Like if I'm playing mono blue, I only got to pick 10 cards because the rest are just autofills. Correct. Now, yep. who doesn't think that way? Mm -hmm. Casual players. More casually yep. minded players. So I really believe... Now, granted, there's a middle ground between uh, efficiency, card choices, you know, that sort... You know, you gotta... You got, there's a middle ground to be had, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But I, I fully believe that, uh, you know, reaching out to our are more prolific, you know, casual folks uh, to, you know, like Fridge, to mm -hmm. uh, get their input, like uh, people that have these encyclopedic knowledge of uh, all of the cardstock. Excuse me, Liam, you know, for example, like, hey, man, let's, uh, let's, let's really focus on this type of, uh, you know, like a uh, keyword or, you know, this type of this ability or this, this type of, uh, I, I really like this type. I, I want to hit this. I, I'm not, I'm failing to provide a good example, but like, <laughs> you know, like I, I really want to hone in on this specific thing, no matter what it is, convoke, you know, whatever it is, improvise, <laughs> you know, I want to focus on this. And then with that encyclopedic knowledge, what we can do is we can start to spiral out. And now through that action, we've got synergy throughout the deck. You know, right. It's such a different perspective uh, than what uh, the current zeitgeist is for competitive players. You mm -hmm. know, I think it's really going to shake up the meta and maybe potentially change up who wins. Yeah. And I do keep your fingers you crossed for me, boys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned 2023 earlier and there was a lot of. It was very refreshing to see a lot of the decks that got brought to tournaments mm. last year you know 
not to say like, oh, you tried, champ. You know, give you a little pat on the back. Like not patronizing anybody. All the decks were really good. Like mm-hmm. their pilots thought they were good enough to take to a legitimate tournament. They're just there was the um, the variance, the variety of decks that showed up to all these tournaments was gr- much larger than I thought it was going to be. Absolutely, and what's um. Uh... That was so refreshing. What's that uh, mono green uh, death touch infect uh, two mana? Finn? Yeah, Finn Finn, Finn the Fangbearer. So Mm -hmm. Finn the Fangbearer is the perfect example of a rogue deck, because you're talking about rogue decks. Right. That uh, in uh, Rocco Slivers, that's probably another highlight from last year. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So uh, Finn the Fangbearer. So on paper... So when when you have a competitive player and you're like, okay, uh, this is from two years ago, you know, the narrative mm-hmm. from two years ago, you have a competitive player and you're like, okay, what's the fastest way to kill uh, three other players? And they're going to say, oh, combo, right? Right. Now, yeah. if you if you inject opportunity into that conversation, you say, okay, um, how can we fight combo and introduce the possibility of other types of kills beyond combo kills it's it's not unnatural for someone to go oh well you only need 10 infect counters per player that's less than 30 that's less than 16 <laughs> so yep on its face i never disparage whatsoever that you know like some people got a chuckle but like fin the fang barrier on, on paper is uh, is a competitive player working through, you know, the various challenges of bringing a different win condition to the table and that seemingly can come out of nowhere because, you mm-hmm. know, we've got all the proliferates and all that stuff now. So, like, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that and, I mean, Rocco Slivers, come on. <laughs> right. Come on. <laughs> so, Rocco Slivers, and then we had uh, Risen Reef Elementals. Uh, yeah. Oh, Sprite Dragon. I know the Sprite Dragon. Yeah, I, I know the pain yeah. of that one personally. <laughs> um, let's see. What's some other? Yeah, I mean, people are trying, and I and I love that people are trying. And by all means, like that's that's the the entrepreneurial spirit that uh, keeps the the flame burning. So. It really is. It, there's never been. You keep trying, you keep brewing, you keep doing all this stuff. Even if you make, like, one of the worst decks of your life, there's going to be something that someone can take away from that and be like, okay, maybe 98 of those cards sucked, but that one right there, that one got potential. I could use that somewhere else. It may be a card they've never seen before, maybe a synergy they never thought of before. There's always stuff to be uh, discovered in this format, regardless of what it feels like sometimes. Yeah, I think that pretty much uh, wraps it up for you. Did you have anything else you want to throw in there, Liam or Clay, before we get to the outro? I do. Okay, what do you got? For only mere pennies a month. Uh, I believe it's like 100 pennies a month or 300 pennies. It's one of the two. But for Uh mere pennies a month, you could have access to some of the best back-end content on the planet in the PDH on the, on the PDH pod Patreon. So do yourself a service. No, do your mom a service and get her <laughs> a subscription. To, <laughs> to the, I mean, there's got to be a birthday coming up, right? Come on. Somebody needs it. So just, just do it. You'll never have to hear me say it again. Just do it. Yeah. There's already probably hundreds of hours worth of content on there. Just Absolutely. waiting for your ears. 
Oh, good stuff. Good talk today, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Absolutely. But we'll start the outro, and I think we got a ooh, we got a couple of good announcements here. So as usual, we got a few more things before we wrap it up for the week. If you need more Popper Commander talk, or you have any questions about the format, you can follow us on Instagram or over on X at the PDH Pod. You can email the show at the PDH Pod at gmail dot com. Uh, you can head on over to the PDH Home Base's website. That'll take you to their Discord server where you can find all of us and more. Uh, and you can also leave us a little message on speakpipe dot com slash the PDH Pod. Uh, you can find Liam on Twitter, Liam and I on Twitter at Popper Command and Popper underscore B respect. And whenever Dave gets back from doing what he's doing, you'll find him everywhere else. PDH is being talked about as the Alcadron. Uh, Clay, where can the listeners find you? Wow. Um, so I haven't found a good replacement handle on Twitter uh, for the TryHard Six. Uh, ironically <laughs> enough, my name, uh, you know, Clay, and my last name is taken. Weird. Oh, okay. And so, right. like, so tryhard six, the tryhard six on the Twitter, six. and then underscore Clay underscore, uh, pretty much everywhere else. Yep, yep. And you're uh, pretty well active in in the discords and all that kind of good stuff. So. Yep. And, until I'm not, but then I am. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's how it goes around here. Uh, Liam, looks like we got a few things to talk about. What do you got? Yeah, I uh, got a couple of announcements of upcoming tournaments. So. I'm going to go in chronological order in sense of the closest. Uh, <laughs> the first one is the second Common Cause CPDH tournament. Uh, it is happening on February 10th at 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, visit omgmtg.com to enter. Uh, first place will get $200 cash. Additional prizes yep. upon number of entrants. Uh, they are running the standard rules. Uh, all the proceeds donated during the tournament, which I think it's like a live stream tournament, will go to mm -hmm. Project Hope, uh, which is a humanitarian aid for children around the world. Uh, yeah, that's and cool. for those wondering if the event will have a judge, uh, it will. It apparently has five. Uh, oh, on, okay. Five on call. I assume wow. that some of them will be playing unless activated. But who knows? Uh, yeah. The next tournament is by Combat Step. This is a, a relatively, uh, I don't want to say newer, but but newer to the scene of PDH. It is a, yeah, a group yep, of content yep. creators, a group of YouTubers, a group of streamers who have begun to put together online webcam tournaments. Uh, mm -hmm. And they're going to do their first PDH online webcam tournament on February 17th, also at 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, yep. Sign up for that event is on topdeck.gg, but you can find them on... Uh, basically everything twitter facebook youtube mm -hmm. twitch at yep. combat step just at combat step where yep. they will be and advertising think, the link themselves yep and i think they've invited me to play on one of their streams i think the 23rd of this month so awesome. keep an eye out for that too yeah uh and confirmed in their twitter posting they also have a judge i don't know who that is but they oh, do cool and then the sanctuary open series four will be happening on march 16th 2024 at 1 p.m eastern also, CP PDH, uh, cash prizes. More info announced soon. Uh, you can go to their website at SanctuaryPDH.com or visit them on Twitter at SanctuaryPDH. I am the judge for that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once again. Exciting. Uh, yep. And please, somebody, unseat these gators. <laughs> right? The Working on family that. gators. Jeez, I'm trying. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Maybe Conrad is the answer. Maybe. Maybe. Cool. Uh, I guess that's going to wrap up episode 82 of the PDH pod, but 
First, we got to give a big thanks to MTG Brad for letting us use their original music for the show. And from everyone in here to everyone out there, Brew a Deck, uh, go try out some competitive PDH, I guess. And we'll yeah. see you in about a week. Peace. Say bye, Clay. Bye. See ya. I brought proper text to the party. Proper. I brought proper text to the party.